0: We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run
1: ATL podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Good evening everyone. My name is Mike Cosentino, Big Peach Running Company. We are on the home stretch virtual pub run. D2 Dolomite Dave Martinez on the other screen. Good evening, sir. How are you?
0: Good evening. I'm doing well. I've already uh, cracked open my, uh, you know, creature comforts here Tropicalia. That's what I'm having this evening.
1: Right on. Good taste for sure. I've got our post-run ale once again from our friends at Wild Heaven. So cheers to you. This is the final installment of something we started longer back than what we thought would be the case the virtual pub run tonight the final episode and then we get back to the real business of business and the run atl podcast are you feeling at all melancholy about that um i don't know how i feel i mean we've been doing this on a a weekly
0: basis so we'll get you know we'll probably go back to our every other week um but at the same time that also means more editing for me typically because they're more produced We have breaks in them. I have to now go and say, okay, well, what ads are we going to include where I've had, you know, two months now or three months of no ads is just, okay, hit the record button and then just drop it in and just export the uh, audio out and then upload it uh, up to uh, SoundCloud. So it's going to require a little bit more work this time, but I think, yeah, we'll get back into better, cleaner audio without the lag time between guests. So there, there'll be some things that uh, that I'm looking forward to, um, but like I said, it will require a little bit of work, but I think anything that is worth doing and doing right requires a little bit of extra work.
1: Well, and we'll have to get back to some old habits, including you reminded me to silence my phone. I don't know if that came through. Obviously, I failed on that. But you were saying before we started that we will have to get back into the habit because there are just certainly some things that in a podcast we have to be more mindful of. I'm going to set this evening up before I do so. I want to say and maybe it's what's known as a shout out to bob wells can see him off in the video virtual distance he has been fun to have along on this journey as we come down the figurative home stretch bob thank you my friend and for all of you who are listening not Live, but instead on the backside. Here's what you can kind of expect this evening from D2 and I. Of course, the chat box will be open and our email address, podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com, always available to you. This will kind of be what we would refer to as a blend of an end of season recap for the virtual pub run. Also, a little bit of live radio, perhaps even a radio show. We have specific things that we want to talk about, would certainly love to hear from you on that are very current events, just as if this was a daily radio show. And then it'll be a little bit state of the union for our industry, even for our business, where we are willing to be very transparent, perhaps even vulnerable, and yet somewhat celebratory of certain things that have been accomplished during this period where we've been doing virtual pub runs instead of the run ATL podcast. For those of you who have not traveled with us the full distance of when we commenced this exercise, in short, as we were having to shut down our source as a result of COVID-19. We also had our podcast studio, rightfully so from a business perspective, get taken over by our e business we have since transitioned much of that work over to our swanee store for those of you who have frequented that location if you are ever so inclined ask our friends and colleagues in swanee to see our setup for e-commerce now in that stock room and sharing space with our team in that store so d2 and i will get a chance to move back into that studio d2 you and i'll continue to be mindful of social distance But we also want to start bringing guests and bringing relevant topics to all of us who are trying to live our best pedestrian active lifestyle back to the forefront. But before we look ahead, let's look back a few weeks, maybe at every week, just to some degree. And I would ask you as a place to start from this virtual pub run. What are some of the things that have stuck out to you or perhaps have been really memorable that you would tease out once again?
0: Well, I mean, I had to go back and kind of look at, you know, because it seems like, you know, years ago at this point, since we were actually doing a podcast and since the whole pandemic started, but, you know, the first, you know, virtual pub run, we had, um, you know, Brittany Charbonneau, and we were talking about, you know, the Olympic marathon trials and, you know, kind of what a high that was for the city of Atlanta, for us being kind of in the heart of it in Midtown. And kind of uh, you know seeing a little bit of that, reliving a little bit of that. And then we had you know um, you know um, Haley Chura with Rich Kana, and then we also had Jared Carson, all once again going back to the you know Olympic trials. And you know those are kind of like I think memorable because it was such a high for all of us here in Atlanta, and those of us that watched it and were really kind of invested in you know in in that event and the excitement around uh, our community and then for it to basically all kind of come to a screeching halt where it, everything just kind of shut down our stores were closed group runs stopped and it was you know social distancing and we it started all this you know this is kind of where you know um you know, this virtual pub run was incepted because of all that so i think um for me, I think that's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a change. And I think the most memorable part, I think, about this is just a, more of the distancing you rather a specific event and the way we've had to adapt and change uh, around, you know, socially around, I think, you know, the way we you know, interact with others, in, you know, uh, in our personal life, as well as for us professionally in, in business and, and how we interact with guests as well. So all that has changed.
1: Well, let's talk for a second about something you and I were talking about. I mentioned this would be perhaps part radio show because of current events. You mentioned Brittany Charbonneau, obviously Haley Chura, even J-Rock, who was one of the competitors at the Olympic Marathon Trials. The first two, of course, had been previous guests and were part of the women's field. And if we fast forward through all of those episodes where we started with Brittany and most recently last week, for those of you who have not yet heard, we had some of our friends and business partners in the black community join us. And it seems like the beginning and the end started to merge this week in a story that quite frankly, I don't think is yet finished. And that had to do with coverage of the trials, maybe even television coverage of the trials as it related to females, as it related to black athletes. And that's one of those things that, man, I still remember just that celebration, not just at the finish line, but quite frankly, long before the race started. And now here we are talking about it again in a context of a current event. Any thoughts from you, D2, or quite frankly, any of our listeners relative to this story that seems to be developing right now about whether it was equitable for men or women, whether it was equitable for athletes, depending on race, any thoughts that you have? Yeah, I mean... You know, we sort of kind of knew right after um,
0: the the Olympic trials that the coverage, um, you know, it was the NBC uh, Sports that did the coverage that it wasn't really quite as fair for the women as it was for the men. And going back, kind of looking, and I was reminded of it that you know, a good portion of the women's race was not covered because they ended up focusing on you know the Nike shoe, the carbon-plated shoe, and the controversy and excitement around carbon-plated shoes, and I think it was somewhere around 10 minutes where they had the discussion about the shoes, but they did not cover the women's race. Um, and so, I, I, you know, a lot of the conversation afterwards, at least online, specifically on Twitter, was this con- the conversation of sort of equality um, of coverage, and especially when you take into consideration that the women's field was larger than the men's field. So there's that aspect of it. And then most recently, um, last week, I started seeing through Twitter, well, I guess um, either I think she was interviewed and then she commented on it. But um, Alephine, who you know, came in first, um, obviously she was running, so she didn't see the coverage. I think it was a day or two later. And she posted on Twitter that there was you know, her sort of kind of her reactions, but she held back a little bit. And she said that her first reaction of watching the coverage was sort of disappointment, obviously, because the women's race wasn't really, you know, covered as well as the men's. But at the same time, it was at the finish when the attention was not really on first place. Um, It wasn't on really on Alphine, who is, uh, you know, a black female athlete. And it was more around uh, Molly Seidel, who is white, came in second, and then Sally Capiego also another um, you know black American who was didn't really receive the, the type of coverage that they should have gotten. and it just for her, and for her to recount that said that she was in tears. she felt um, you know that it, it just wasn't right. And you know obviously the women's um, you know, you know women's running community came out and reached out to her and it was, they are very supportive and they all acknowledged that that was probably not fair. But at the same time, they kind of took a look at it and they said, well, you know, it's, it was sort of kind of the same thing when we start talking about race. I'm like, everyone really focused on Galen Rupp and no one really paid attention to, you know, second or third. You know, Abby didn't get as much coverage as, as Galen Rupp as a, as a black American, you know, representing the U.S. in the Olympics. Um, so there's the, 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 the topic of race that has come up recently that once again circles around as you said, the beginning of this pandemic, you know, and and prior to it, where we were on that high of the Olympic marathon trials, and then to come back and say, well, there's still some things that maybe we didn't realize that we weren't aware of that, um, that was occurring and affected some of these athletes within the running community and the way they were represented. And I do think that's something that, you know, we don't have any really power over, I guess, what's being covered and how it's being covered, but I think you know, having a voice or or supporting these athletes, um, because they are Americans, they are representing us and, and our country, that they should receive that support and the same love and and uh, recognition, regardless of their race. And it just doesn't seem like that, that was really communicated to the coverage um, during the race and then even after the race.
1: Well, and I think you're right about about that, and statistically speaking, I think that there's validation that you're right. What I love most about the story thus far is the way that the running community has supported all of those athletes, and maybe most notably those who do have some concern that it was not necessarily equitable in terms of the total coverage. What I can say for sure is when the running walking fitness communities not just in atlanta but in their entirety in this nation come together real progress can be made and so i think for those who have the olympic broadcasting rights or have the rights to broadcast even the trials by making your voice heard and making sure that this is known we will see better coverage perhaps more balanced coverage but more importantly it sounds like we'll have the coverage that we as runners, walkers, pedestrian, active enthusiasts want to see. And that will certainly help those producers and those who are making the decisions as to how to spend their airtime, make decisions that perhaps looks different in the future, whether it's the future of the Olympic marathon trials, the Olympic marathon itself next year, or quite frankly, there are a lot of U.S. Olympic marathon trials still to occur because of the transition to 2021 Even though marathon teams have been announced, there are a lot of teams that have not. And I think this will have repercussions in the coverage of those trials for other Olympic teams as we get ready for what now is summer 2021. D2 alongside Brittany was coach Kirk Shellhouse of Oglethorpe. He brought up the fact that, quite frankly, this pandemic is going to have very long lasting ramifications on athletic departments, on their budgets, on the abilities to get together as teams and as competitors, I'm already seeing that as a parent and a parent volunteer coach of my daughter's cross-country team with a son who's a senior this year for his football team that things are markedly different and, quite frankly, incredibly inconvenient, and with that, acknowledging that perhaps also very necessary. Any thoughts as to whether or not we're going to have a conventional school year, whether we're going to have fans in football stadiums, whether we're talking about the University of Georgia or a local high school or whether we're going to see what we always get so amped up about around here. And that is the local cross country season. Any thoughts there? Certainly enjoyed Kirk Shellhouse. For those of you who have not heard him, go back and do yourself a favor, listen to it. But D2, now here we are almost eight weeks later, any thoughts from you on the season or the school year coming up?
0: Well, I mean, I think, you know, if your school has retained its, you know, running programs, then you're probably going to be one of the lucky ones, because at least you can say, well, there's at least a potential for a season. Part of this pandemic is that uh, what has happened, and that I, once again, I'm seeing through, through social media, is that there's some schools, colleges, universities that have canceled and cut their some of their athletic programs, including track and field. Um, So, those athletes are not going to see any competition, regardless of whether there's a pandemic or not. Um, And it may be several years before they can actually, you know, get the funding to bring those programs back. So, it's unfortunate, and and many of them are probably, you know, scholarship athletes as well, who probably now have to figure out a way of how they're going to pay for their schools um, and their education. So there's that aspect of it. Um, so there's some that I think won't have it, uh, any type of competition. And then, you know, one of the things we've primarily, I think, have been focused on is more on, you know, professional sports. You know, whether it, we're talking about MLS soccer, um, Major League Baseball, football, um, and the preparations that are going around, you know, professional sports, I, I haven't heard a lot of talk right now of, you know, high school athletics and cross country and football and what that's like. I know that there are several schools that have started uh, training for the cross country and, you know, it's the summer. So they're not officially uh, in any type of training program and, and with their school based on, uh, I guess, the rules that have been set. But many of them are training as it will be a season. It's I think there's a lot still to be determined on whether um, there will be actually, you know, the ability to actually go to a stadium uh, or go into an arena, whether it's basketball or, or a football to actually watch these sports or whether these athletes will be able to compete, but compete with no spectators at all. So that's something even I think on the professional side, it, they're struggling with and trying to figure out. And there's been, you know, at this point, there's been a few cases reported, I think, in the over the last week where major league baseball players have been an increase in you know, COVID-19 cases, and um, I think there's been um, Major League Soccer has also had a couple where have been that uh, players that have tested positive for it, so we still don't know yet. I think we're still kind of in that gray area, that kind of limbo of will it happen, would it not happen? Will it be something like NASCAR where they're, you know, you, you can only watch from a TV or from a distance and, you know, and not sit in the stands? Um, is that something that will will happen? Will parents, you know, be able... To, You know, won't be able to watch their, uh, you know, athletes compete. Their student athletes compete. Will it just be the players on the field in an empty stadium or on an empty, you know, cross country course? I think that's still to be decided uh, based on how things progress with the um, pandemic.
1: Well, and here's the thing that we do know. Again, we've continued our tradition of violating this: do not date or timestamp your podcast. It is towards the end of June, and in most instances, the headline reads that cases are going up there are certainly many places states counties where that is documented whether it's because of increased testing or because of just a per cap consideration as it relates to not just our student athletes in this community but to sports in general i believe for us as parents for those of us who are fans and spectators of whether it's the local cross country Or high school football or anything else that this summer we have that big question mark as to whether or not it will look at all like what it did last year or last season but here's what we know and I'll take you back to the episode we did over a year ago to get ready for the cross-country season for those of us who are influences I'm gonna say perhaps most of us as parents who certainly claim that role there are things we can do whether the season plays out or not We control perhaps for our student athlete far better than what he or she or they do, what goes into the refrigerator, what goes into the pantry. We certainly control to some degree to what degree they're in bed on time and what their sleep habits are like. And yet that's fine advice for all of us as adults as well. So even with the unknown of the upcoming season, to the extent that you can start thinking and behaving like an athlete and like the season will transpire, the better off you will be regardless of what actually occurs. So take that to the bank. We've been told that previously by coaches. It is certainly true. D2, after that, we got to the first of three race directors that we ultimately featured. The first one was Tim Schroer. And I think that if no one else, I was a little surprised how quickly he opened up his season. I felt like he went first. And some would say, well, maybe it's easier to do on a trail. Maybe it's easier to do in a smaller field. But on june 6th tim schroer opened up his first on-site non-virtual going for it event and he did that as a way to test new standards for himself and perhaps for others at road atlanta he followed it up at a more conventional venue true trail the week after that on june 13th at hawk creek you and i both know from our partnership with dirty spokes that his race on July 11th at Sawney Mountain is now sold out as a result of him kind of going for it and continuing to suggest that he can bring people together in this manner, be socially distant, and create a great experience. Any thoughts on Tim's efforts or the efforts of any race directors to get people back to the starting line on site and together? Well, I think for, um, you know, races, smaller races, I think they're going to have an
0: easier time. I think, first of all, there's, there's a, uh, I think, a pent-up demand. People haven't raced for several months. They probably have been running more than they have ever. There's probably a lot more people that are new to running. And so I think there's a pent-up demand. And I think the smaller races are going to have a better, uh, you know, opportunity to deliver a great experience by practicing you know social distancing and, and putting some things in, in place and one of the things that i know tim has done and some of our other race partners like mark vesio has done with run for production is that they're doing wave starts and i know tim has caps his you know races um, a lot of it because of the size of the trails and the you know and whatever the park will allow him to do but they're typically capped around 200 to 250 people so it's a lot easier to do a certain amount of waves and not let it be, you know, two, three hours. You know, you can let people go every 10, 15 minutes if you've got it, you know, I'm not sure exactly how he's doing it. I'm, I'm thinking he's doing it, you know, self-seated, but he's got people spaced out. Um, and you know, they're not really doing award ceremonies. They're not doing the pre-race kind of get together and and the mass starts. So I think there are things that they're doing and that the smaller races uh, can accommodate the current situation and still provide a racing experience. I Think it's when we start talking about
1: the larger races when We start well, talking gonna, We're gonna do just that in fact, I'm gonna lead us there and I think everybody would be surprised if we didn't go there first thing I'll mention somewhat comically but at the same time very seriously traditionally on that race on July 11th that we're talking about at Sawney Mountain is the grand finale to his spring race series big peach running company for the last five years has provided a complimentary breakfast where we not only supply everything that the runners walkers participants enjoy but we go out and serve it ourselves it's a great day for us sometimes we get a chance to run sometimes what we're doing is just scooping yogurt and pouring coffee but my goodness how things have changed i think about how we did our breakfast a year ago there is no way that would be allowed for good reason anymore the way we did coffee the way we provided the food the way that we did not have everything individually packaged in order to whether it was environmentally sensitive or just more cost effective the reality is our breakfast what a dinosaur that seems like anymore
0: yeah i mean and that's one of those things that uh, i think all the races right now are not doing any aid stations or water stations Um, along the course. Everyone has to carry their own water if they're going to need it. And I think if anything at the after the race, they might just be providing bottled water as opposed to in the past where they may have poured water in paper cups. Now it's, you know, it's completely different scenario. So yeah, I mean, even, um, you know, just for on course, that's no longer an option uh, during this time period. So surely for you know, breakfast like that, we wouldn't have been able to, to do anything like that and, and kind of be a bummer. You know, social responsible.
1: Yes, kind of a bummer. I enjoyed doing that for sure. Well, you said smaller races are perhaps going to have an easier time of making a go of it than some of the decisions with bigger races. As you know, one of the race directors who were um, part of our featured guest roster, who was part of our featured guest roster, was Rich Kana, I think within 24 or 48 hours after the Atlanta Track Club made their decision to relocate the AJC Peachtree Road Race on the calendar from July 4th to Thanksgiving, immediately the speculation commenced. Would that really happen? Would this be a reschedule with confidence that, yes, we're going to get together however many thousands strong on Thanksgiving and do our AJC Peachtree Road Race? Or was this perhaps the proverbial kicking the can down the road, hoping for a bit of a miracle and a long shot, and it buys time, but it doesn't necessarily buy us terrific confidence that will occur in 2020 any thoughts from you or perhaps from anyone at this point now as we race out of june as we recognize all of our fourth of july celebrations will be different this year but then wonder hmm will it happen on thanksgiving what do you think
0: i don't know i see bob's got his hand up he wants to comment on this oh please mr wells
2: well i think they're floating balloons right you guys are probably well aware of their uh, public summer series yes. and if if you go register for that as i have um those are three races those are three in-person events uh in july they're consecutive s- saturdays i want to say they're the last three saturdays of july they may even go into august um but as part of the registration you have to pick a start time right and the list of available start times is lengthy. Um, so it's clear I mean they I want to say they go from something like 6 a.m. to maybe 10 a.m and and they're every five or 10 minutes. And so they're clearly um, I, you know, they're clearly dividing the field up. I, the races are capped. Um, all of the races are capped The first one is a one-miler, the second one is a 5K, and the third one is an 8K, so they're shorter distances, and I think they're using these as opportunities to learn, um, and my guess is so that they can try to figure out how they can make this thing on Thanksgiving Day happen.
1: I would I would agree with that. I love your phrase kind of floating balloons because I think that's what they're doing. It's a test, right? It's an incubation where they can see what, what happens and without having that, that data yet. And we'll share the information with everyone about the dates so everybody does have those. If you're an Atlanta track club member, of course, you would want to do those events for other reasons. But I think for people who want to see what a first class organization is doing to test, the possibilities you know amidst the current environment the atlanta track club is certainly that first class organization bob since we've got you and we've got your microphone on any thoughts in terms of from your standpoint as somebody who's at events on a regular basis things that we should be thinking about when we go to that event if we make one of those events our first is there anything that we should just kind of pledge to ourselves if nothing else before we leave our front door
2: well, I think that's a great question, Mike um you know uh, the things I would say is to go prepared you know i'm i'm gonna take I, I, uh when I go out for a run these days, um I live in midtown, and if I think I may be stopping or you know encountering the public in some way, I carry you know ziploc bags to have a couple of lysol wipes, some rubber gloves, and a mask you know folded up so that so that i can I can use that and I would say the same. Yeah, I, I plan to do the same at these races. When you sign up, it's a it's an all or nothing thing, meaning you sign up for the series, you sign up for all three races, right? And so, the the other thing they've done um, is that they've picked venues uh, where uh, people can really spread out. So you know, we're not, we're not talking about Peachtree Street. We're we're not talking about um, you know uh brookhaven or we're not talking about decatur right so the first one is at the um the convention center out at the airport and that's the one mile race and then the subsequent two um which is the 5k and the 8k are they're an hour from the city uh they're they're out at parks Uh, i want to say they're they're battlefields former battlefields national parks what have you and and um so my, my guess is they pick these venues because you know they people can spread out and stay distant and, and all that sort of thing. But yeah, you know, I think I, I do think it's important for us to continue to be smart uh and, and practice the guidelines that the, the, the CDC calls for, and especially if we want these races to come back. Um and if we can do that, and if we can do that responsibly. Are the races going to look different? Absolutely, but the race, you know, the the races will be here, and uh, you know, um, it's just it's the new normal, as they say. That is
1: for sure. And one of the things I'll do is quickly give everyone an indication of dates and locations to follow up on the information that Bob has so kindly provided. July eighteenth is that mile event at the Georgia International Convention Center. The week after that, July twenty fifth. At Brown's Mill Battlefield, I'll be completely honest. I've been in Atlanta for 30 years. I have no idea where that is. To Bob's point, I sounds had, like it. We'll
2: I had to look the- it up on, on Google Maps. Yeah. It's it's, so it's an hour from, from the city. Which direction are we headed out of the city? Uh we're heading south uh west. Right.
1: Okay, right. On. So so there you have it. Southwest of the city, who knows how far Bob does. You'll have to check out Google maps yourself. That's a 5k on July 25th. McIntosh reserve park. I have my guess where that is. If somebody said you have to be absolutely right or something tragic happens, I would be really reluctant to blurt it out confidently, but nonetheless, McIntosh reserve park is an 8k on August 1st to Bob's point. That is a package that you can register for three races in three weeks. I do not doubt it is tremendous value. What I think Bob said that is of most value to me, that reminder that as a community that enjoys getting together in this manner, having these events, to some degree, the future is in our hands and we can determine to what degree the possibility exists that we'll be doing this this fall or perhaps into next year based on our behavior, based on our ability to follow protocols and be super, super, super mindful of others who are joining us at these events. Bob, anything else that you would say, whether about these events or quite frankly, these activities, whether they're the Atlanta Track Club or just anything else that might, might come, on a, come up on the calendar in the future?
2: Well, I, I've seen a trend from all the race directors. I mean, uh, D2 hit on it earlier, Mark and and um, and others, they're, they're – uh, you know they're they're starting in waves, uh, scheduling. You know they're they're the venues are smaller. They have they have a cap of how many people can register. I, I I'm I want to say it's 500 maybe for these, but I could be wrong. So so don't quote me on that. But um, you know they're they're limited capacity. <laughs> hey, this is mine, Bob. You quoted yourself. It's uh, out there. Well, it, they're not. It's not 60,000 that will be running down Peachtree on Thanksgiving Day. So. You know, I I I I would be lying if I said um, I am uh, I I have no idea how they're going to pull this thing off. But again, I think they're um, they're beginning to move in that direction to try to figure it out, and that these events are a test event uh, to that end.
1: Awesome! Very very cool. Well, and and certainly we are going to be as a community watching whether we're at one of those events or not, how it goes and getting a sense as we go through summer, what the possibilities are for an AJC Peachtree Road Race on Thanksgiving, perhaps one of the biggest highlights of this pandemic for the running community amidst a massive amount of disappointment and tragedy has been the obviousness, more people are getting out, taking more steps. Every window you look out, seems like there is a walker a runner someone who's being mindful of their fitness routine and that is what I think we can call a silver lining for sure what I hope will ultimately become a blessing and a legacy to this difficult time for our communities the guidance that we got from a couple of our featured pub runners that I think is worth reiterating not just to those who are part of that surge of new participants but really to all of us first of all from Charlie Peebles, he reiterated as he always does, as we should all to each other, that doing it all right away, whether it is a new training program, a new endeavor, a new desire for more mileage or a different event, doing it all at once or biting off as much as you can chew right out of the gates, that does not make any sense at all for any of us. And that's how you end up in the offices of Atlanta foot and ankle center or somewhere else. As Dr. Charles Peebles reminded us, in addition, Nancy Clark was terrific. She always gives us such wonderful advice. And as part of that, whether we are a novice runner by our own accord or whether we would say we are a grizzled veteran, she reminded us that this time we are at home more, we are perhaps even working from home. It is an opportunity. It is not a liability. It's not a liability for our caloric intake. It's not a liability for our weight management or weight loss program. It's not a liability for our fitness routine. It is an opportunity. And to see it that way, we have to take charge of it ourselves and recognize that we are in control, maybe more so than ever before, certainly more so than many of us tend to think. D2, anything that you would say is conventional wisdom that we got during this virtual pub run series? that is worth repeating because long after the virtual pub run, hopefully long after coronavirus, it will still be good advice. Well, I mean, I think, you know,
0: you know, right now because there are more people working from home, which, you know, there might be some individuals that see this as a blessing because maybe they're spending more time with their family and their kids and, you know, uh, not having to commute and they're getting more time out of their day so they can spend it you know, going out for a run or a walk in the middle of the day, and maybe it's, you know, whether it's with their kids or taking a dog out, um, you know, I think those are great things. And hopefully, if or when things get back to normal, I hope that isn't forgotten, that they're still able to find the time, make the time to, you know, continue to keep up with those activities, whether it is running, whether it it is walking. Um, I hope that companies as well realize that, You know, people can work from home, that people can be productive working from home, and that we start seeing less traffic and less cars on the road, and then we truly become more uh, a more pedestrian active community because of that. Um, And that also means that our cities and the infrastructure around where we live in becomes a little bit more pedestrian friendly uh, and maybe even more bike friendly because, you know, uh, cyclists have also seen an uptick in participation as well. So those are things that I would just say, you know, for those of you that are, you know, experiencing sort of kind of, you know, this blessing of being, having that extra time to exercise, walk, run, whenever you choose to throughout your day, because you do work from home, I hope that you're able to still continue to do that and not forget about what you've been able to enjoy. This is an opportunity to kind of say, wow, this is what I've been missing. Let's make sure that we don't Uh, you know, take that for granted and then forget about the opportunity that we've sort of kind of been given.
1: Gosh, I hope that's true. That's what would make it a legacy for sure. And our schedules are likely to change, whether it's coronavirus related or not. That's just the way life goes. We, D2, have been working and perhaps this is a good time to talk about our summer campaign at Big Peach Running Company. We're going to do some fun things. And I think it connects perhaps somewhat unexpectedly to this season that we're in. Do you mind talking a little bit about what we're doing and kind of that mindset that you just shared and leads us into that relative to if this is going to be a blessing, then if we need to do this?
0: Sure. So, I mean, one of the things that we've known for, you know, I've known at least since I started working with Big Peach and working with guests in the store is that there's always individuals that come in who are intimidated. Uh, coming into the store um, because they don't picture themselves as a runner. They will immediately say, "I'm not a real runner," or um, "I'm just a jogger," or "I'm just a walker," and immediately they they start kind of classifying themselves like they're not worthy to be in a running store. Um, and and I think that's you know that's something that we're like, man, why do people do that? And I sort of kind of remember feeling the same way when I first started. Um, we're very self-conscious about ourselves. So that's something that we've always said, well, how do we get around that? How do we uh, you know, get people to not think that way? And then recently there was an article that I was reading in Runner's World where you know, the term, uh, they, they, they defined the term jogger as a derogatory term where more of the faster runners were saying, oh, joggers, they're not committed. They're not passionate about running. And I was like, I don't buy that, you know, and I just didn't like the way that either people were kind of putting themselves in a box and like and and saying, well, I'm not really part of this community. And then for people that are more experienced, calling and almost in a derogatory way saying, oh, you're just a jogger. So, you know, it leaves all these new people that are coming into this, um, you know, activity, this lifestyle kind of in the middle, kind of not knowing where they kind of belong. So, you know, one thing things that I wanted to do is, is, you know, everyone is a runner. And I basically, you know, my definition of a runner is anyone that takes a step moving in a forward direction that elevates your heart rate, you're a runner. Doesn't matter how fast, doesn't matter if you're, you know, if you're doing it for time, doesn't matter if you're doing it for distance. If you're elevating your heart rate for fitness, for whatever reason, as a stress relief, that you're a runner and we want to embrace that. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you know, there's many ways of describing yourself as a runner. I am 50 year olds. I'm a 50 year old runner. I'm an amateur runner. Um, I run around Brookhaven. I'm a Brookhaven runner. There's all these things, but what's consistent is that in all that I am still a runner and it doesn't matter what my speed is or, you know, I could be doing a 5k, a 10k, a half marathon, a marathon. All that, I'm still a runner. And that's kind of the message that I kind of want to, us to kind of share and get out into the community, whether you're brand new because of the pandemic and you've just discovered running for the first time. Or maybe you were a former you know, uh, runner and part of this community and then for whatever reason you got out of it and then you're just now rediscovering it. We want to say you're welcome in our community that regardless you are a runner in our eyes when you walk into our stores you are considered a runner and part of our community
1: well i'm certainly amped up about that and and you're so right of course since we've had the conversations even independent of coronavirus i've thought about how many different ways i am a runner i am a dad runner i am a trail runner i am a beer drinking runner i am whatever it might be and it's so true and yet there are those that are opposite of that and they're every bit the same runner I am. Instead of saying I am a dad runner, they may be a single 14 year old runner. They may be, instead of a trail runner, a treadmill runner, because that's what works for them mentally or because of their schedule. Instead of a beer drinking runner, they may be a vegetarian, whatever it might be. And there's just so many but we are all runners and d you've done a great job making this super clear for me as it relates to walkers and even again, that term joggers they are runners as well. A walker runner, a 20 minute mile runner, a runner who does run walk. That is all a runner by your
0: definition. That is correct. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I've seen stuff where even I've seen individuals even online where they're saying, oh, I've got a, you know, a running streak of X number of days. And then someone says, oh, well, you're doing it on a treadmill. That's not a streak. I'm like, why, why does that make a difference because you're on the road on the trail run on a treadmill? If you're running, you're running. It Doesn't matter. Your streak is yours. It's it's you know who's to, to judge and say you don't qualify or this doesn't qualify as a streak. Who
1: cares? Well, and I don't know that we would have ever thought pandemic. We certainly would have never wished pandemic when we first started talking about our summer campaign, but my goodness, what a perfect time to talk about it, given there are so many new people who are thinking about this now doing it. And we're gonna to get to that phase very quickly. Those who took the most difficult start of getting started are now gonna to have to do the hard work of sticking with it. And hopefully we can play a small role in that and help encourage this community. So a high, high, high percentage does just that. If we go back to last week, D2, and now thinking about runners, we cannot not talk about the transition, quite frankly, unexpectedly, very unexpectedly during this virtual pub run series from what was coronavirus induced to what became the headline, especially here in Atlanta, as we mentioned last week, literally steps away from where I am right now and where we did our taping last week the racial injustice in our city in our country i don't doubt for a second globally we have a chance now as a community to provide some healing in my opinion and more importantly some uh, pot real possibility for long-term meaningful overdue and finally permanent change You think back to the conversation you were part of last week. And before I talk about things as Big Peach Running Company, we've already done. I would be curious, since we didn't have a chance to have this conversation, what you took from that discussion and some of the things that you've thought about this week now that you've had a chance just to kind of soak in that conversation, as well as everything else that's going going on around us as we come out of the virtual pub run series.
0: Well, uh, I mean... (laughs) That's a, that's a, it's a deep, uh, you know, topic. And I think very, and, and it's, 15, uh, it's minutes left. 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think it's one of those things that I think, you know, very similar to, I think one of my favorite episodes when we had, um, God, um, Christian on where it was a very difficult discussion and, but it's a real discussion, you know, and, um, to hear the, you know, the stories, um, from Courtney and Ed and Joy, and even from what I've myself have have sort of kind of listened and, and learned, and I think that's the biggest takeaway from all this is that we really need to open up our minds and open up our hearts, because to a certain extent, you know, I know that that racism exists, and I think either it's because of my personality you know, that there's a bit of disbelief that I cannot believe that it's so prevalent. And maybe even it's having blinders on or bay me because, you know, and I'm Hispanic, you know, as far as my heritage and, you know, but I'm lighter skin, and maybe I haven't had those type of same issues that a black American has, has faced. So I'm blind to it as well. And I think the biggest thing that I can I, I'd say is that we need to, like I said, open up our minds and be open to conversations and learning about other individuals, and open up our hearts to understand the suffering that they've uh, have kind of gone through through this entire time. So for me, it's been a lot of learning by watching documentaries on, on Netflix and historical films and watching YouTube videos and just hearing. Um, members of the black community, you know, speak about what they've gone through to really understand, um, because like I said, for me, it's been a lot of disbelief, not that racism doesn't exist, but that I didn't think it was as prevalent until you start hearing their stories. And at the same time, you know, I've met Joy previously, and I've, and, you know, and I, and I, you know, I've never, I don't think I've ever met Ed. But in our conversations with with them and even with Courtney, you don't really realize what they have gone through because it's not like they're they don't have a chip on their shoulder. At least I not that I can notice. You know, you can have a conversation with them and it's not something that is at the surface. And I don't know whether it's something that they just kind of push back and maybe it's just something that they share among themselves. Um, and to hear them openly speak about it and to see, you know, the pain, that was powerful to me.
1: It, it certainly was. And I'm sure it was powerful to our listeners as well. And for those who just heard D2 indicate the value for him to having the conversation that we did, I believe that's what is really necessary. One thing that was super helpful for me based on the timing. Of that we do quarterly store tours I won't perhaps surprise anybody by saying that I don't get a chance to be in every one of our stores every single week and I am in some stores quite frankly more than others just based on where I might office or what might be going on or what season it is but each quarter along with our director of operations we do a store tour of each location we have comments that are ingrained in our organization that everything that we do with our stores comes down to two things. The interaction we have with our guests and the environment we provide for our guests. And based on the timing of that conversation, it was perfect because it was right at the onset of doing this particular quarter's store tours for me. And that was after having last quarter canceled because it would have been one, insignificant since our stores were actually closed and two, maybe insensitive because calling everybody in to the store and doing it the way we traditionally do, where we do literally take a very close look at everything that we're doing from an interaction environment standpoint, this was so good for me. Not only to be able to say, wow, I've got a different lens on that I would have had if it wouldn't have been for Ed and Courtney and Joy. But also I will tell you, I had zero fear and I had the good fortune of it happening three times. Not enough. But three times where one of our Black team members was in the store when I was there doing the tour. And for me, the comfort to be able to go up to be like, hey, you're Black. I would really love to know what it's like to work in this organization, to be part of this industry. And I almost have to apologize because it, is not a question I've asked before, but I'm going to hold that apology because it wasn't until last night or two nights ago that somebody opened my eyes. That is a question I should be asking. I just was too unaware. But now that my eyes are open into what you just indicated, D2, because of the importance and the power of the conversation to be able to go to that person and say, you're black. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what I can do. Tell me that, what we should be doing. Very, very cool and to the suggestion that Ed made, and that the women on the panel validated, I've now since sent a note to every single one of our Black team members asking for their time, where we'll have a video conference on the backside of July 4th, where it'll be a couple of members from our leadership team, and hopefully all of our Black team members who will participate and give us an honest-to-goodness understanding of what It is like to be black at big peach running company to be black at what the running in an industry or at least in atlanta looks like so it's 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 going to be i hope another legacy and silver lining blessing as that term we've used a few times for this particular season of difficulty for sure the other thing that i will say and i'm going to read this i won't necessarily put it on the screen but one of the other commitments that we've made and it goes like this before i give you the website i'm just going to read this for you to consider we are the new outdoor industry we walk we run we ski we bike we sit we fish we hunt we surf we swim we laugh we camp we boat we climb we hike we learn we reflect we enjoy We suffer, we grow, we celebrate, we protect, we love. We care about our outdoor spaces and the opportunities they provide. And we are here. We're inspired to use our shared voice for change. It's time for the outdoor industry to make a bold step towards diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's time to elevate people of color and other marginalized identities. That is the mission of Diversify Outdoors. And that is something that has been out and around for over three years. I would welcome all of you, perhaps even invite you to go to the In Solidarity Project, I-N-S-O-L-I-D-A-R-I-T-Y Project, In Solidarity Project. That is their mission from Diversify Outdoors. They ask for CEOs of outdoor or fitness related entities to sign a pledge with certain indications and Big Peach Running Company has signed that pledge as a way to further hold ourselves accountable and would certainly ask for all of our listeners, those of you who rightly are part of our accountability partnership for our business and the way we serve to continue to ask, how are we doing? We want to hear from you. And certainly we want to put ourselves in a position where we can say proudly, we are doing better, we are doing more, and yet we still have much to do. So D2, it was a really good episode. I love the fact that you used the word power because it was powerful. And there is so much power when we come together as a community. In fact, what I'll also say, I put this in my notes as a thank you to so many and many of you who are listening perhaps are part of this audience. If not, it is not to suggest that you needed to be, but it is certainly something to think about when it comes to that term power, putting it together alongside community during the time that we've been doing the virtual pub run. Big Peach Running Company elected to use one of our trademarks and a collection that we've had in our stores from an apparel and merchandise standpoint And something that D2 and my organization believe is really a campaign. Run ATL. It's a trademark we hold, and it's something that certainly we hold dear. As a result of coronavirus, we connected with Hope Atlanta. Thanks to Atlanta's running, walking, and fitness communities, we raised over $6,000 for Hope Atlanta. Made that donation in April as we were getting started, and it is not a Big Peach running company, it is a community we basically said all proceeds from this product going to hope atlanta and my goodness did you step up we sold over 400 shirts in five days and had those some members of our team wow did they work ot but got those shipped out efficiently had the good fortune of making that donation with our friends from Hoka, also alongside the pandemic and work that everybody in our stores did to pull this off and pull it. Together very quickly, had the good fortune of going to Grady Health Foundation. Obviously, that's at Grady Hospital for the frontliners. Gave them 107 pairs of shoes so that every single one of their respiratory therapists could have something comfortable to put on their feet as they were working not just long hours, but in incredibly difficult conditions that existed then. And I feel like I can say very confidently. I bet exist now more recently and we hinted at this last week without knowing any of the results so this is new news really for everyone including many in our organization we partnered with partnership for southern equity we put run atl aside found six letters that we like even more u n i t e d united put that on a t and in 3 days sold almost 400 shirts, and now have a $6,000 donation to make to the Partnership for Southern Equity on behalf of the runners, walkers, and fitness enthusiasts in and around Atlanta. So as we think about power, D2, and community, I think those three very brief, obviously, footnotes, but nonetheless, indications of what happens when we come together, pretty cool yeah
0: and I remember you mentioning what you wanted run ATL to be it was going to be more than just an apparel line or a, a T. It was more about kind of community and a, and to carry on our mission and to bring the community together. And uh, I think that's one of the things that we probably haven't done over the last couple of years, but something that we were able to do, you know obviously during the pandemic and something that we'll continue to do going forward.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think there are certain things that maybe be a little bit of a, you know, rocket ship ride and then a level out or fall off. We were having fun during virtual fits and that was pretty cool. That has slowed to a crawl, maybe virtual fits, especially if we all have to go back into lockdown, will spike again. We're not going to take virtual fits off. You can still find that when you go looking for how to connect with Big Peach Running Company. But then there are going to be other things like this way to connect our brand with the community in a meaningful way, maybe even making donations with our resources and those of the community that should stick around. Things like the virtual pub run, rocket ship did it for eight weeks in a row, had a blast, Talked to some really wonderful people, got terrific feedback. And at the same time it's going away. This is the last one. D two, one of the things that is the opposite is what was on a rocket ship, and then disappeared and now coming back. Group runs, what we call social runs. We've got some cool things to share. We're getting back after it. What do you know?
0: So you know more than I do, but I know that it'll be after July 4th. So we're going to relaunch and our stores will be hosting group runs again. Obviously we'll take precautions and make sure that social distancing is uh, is being followed. Um, but there has been a demand, I think, that we've gotten a lot of you know questions as to when will group run start. We actually had to you know switch our virtual training program to, or our run ATL training program you know to a virtual uh, training program because of the social distancing and, and what we wanted to do to be socially responsible during the pandemic. And that's winding down. and you know our goal is to start it back up again for the fall. Hopefully, with group runs, and you know, as long as things kind of remain consistent, that will be going to a more normal uh, state. And one of the things that I've I've seen just today, as I'm looking over at Twitter, is uh, you know, Dr. Fauci, you know, I guess uh, was testified in front of Congress, and he says he's cautiously optimistic that a vaccine will be available by the end of 2020 or early 2021. So. I'm not holding my breath, but it's a lot sooner than what I had expected to hear. And I think we'll be hopefully getting back to a more normal. And then maybe at the year anniversary, we can actually say, you know, of this pandemic, say, yes, it's past us. And we can finally get together without having to wear masks, without having to social distance and truly, you know, go back to a normal and not this new normal that we're currently in.
1: Man, an old like that. We'll see. I did put you on the spot for those who would say, well, Mike, if you knew more than D2, what else can you tell us? He is correct. The week of July 6th, we will begin social runs at some of our stores. It is my strong recommendation for you to connect with us if you have a specific store or call that respective store. We are leaving the decision to those who have led those social runs. And as you might imagine even in our own organization there is a wide range of thoughts as to what is best and different situations in each person whether in mind or at home and we are going to fully respect that but our stores to a degree that would mean some maybe even most stores will start on the same schedule the week of july 6th so if you were coming out on a tuesday or on a Thursday, whatever night of the week it might have been, then you may very well get that chance again. If you are comfortable with such, knowing that social distance and other uh, precautions matter and will be taken into account. D2, then you led me to what I do know. You're the expert. You're our head coach. For the run atl training program it is coming back in the fall there are certainly some things we do not know to what degree it'll be on site or virtual do you have any information you could share yet relative to when registration would commence or any other details that you didn't already let out of the bag since i put you on the spot with that social run question
0: <laughs> well we are wrapping up we're uh currently it's week seven so we got another week to go obviously the training was targeting july 4th as a race and right now, because there is no peace Tree, we are encouraging individuals to do a virtual um, race. And, and currently, I believe there's at least, well, there's probably a few um, races that are uh, happening on, on July 4th. We are a uh, partner up with Burke's Big Adventure, your space virtual race that you can do on July 4th. And we've also have Let Freedom Ring virtual 5K that you can sign up for and, and do. Um, They're both contributing to um, to charities uh, locally. Birds Big Adventure is a charity that provides um, you know trips to Disney for uh, kids that um, that are that have needs that uh, would normally not be able to travel and and um, and you know need uh, kind of a a a vacation and and a way to kind of lift up their spirits so we'd recommend that uh, you know you, you check those races out, but as, you know, once that wraps up, we're going to take a little bit of a break. The uh, program will start up again. It is an eight-week program, so we'll probably start taking registration 12 weeks out from that race day, which will be Thanksgiving Day, and we'll kind of go from there. So um, hopefully it will be an in-person, you'll be able to run from our stores that are participating, and um, you know, I, as 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 the head coach and coordinator, I'll still be sending out weekly emails, but you will be able to interact with individuals and teammates from our uh, stores that are participating.
1: Excellent. I know you don't want to do the calendar work. Twelve weeks out, my guests will be towards the end of August that will open up registration. There it is. I had the calendar handy while you did all the heavy lifting of walking us through that. The last thing I'll mention: the Run ATL podcast coming back at you every two weeks. Our first release date will be on the 14th. I'm sorry. It's the 13th of July. That is a Monday. We're going to give ourselves a little 4th of July holiday. We've got to transition some things from virtual pub run to the actual podcast, but we've got some great featured guests that we'll have and certainly content that does indeed matter. We will take some cues from this season of virtual pub run, To make sure that these current events are not forgotten or left out these will continue to be things that we're hyper mindful of so don't think that we're going to go back to just talking to elite athletes or just talking to those who have exceptional stories because for all of us who are that everyday athlete who are those runners who d2 defined earlier it is just as important to make sure we are all still part of the conversation as well so know that july 13th run atl podcast coming back to you and certainly would welcome you the email address again podcast at big peach but for now what we can say is we have hit not just the end of this episode d2 it's time to turn off the recording we have hit the end of the virtual pub run series it is time to put this link away and perhaps into the recycle bin if and my goodness, if Dr. Fauci is right, maybe this doesn't happen. But if we all have to go back to lockdown, we'll pull this out of the recycle bin. But for the time being, let's hope that is he is right and that, uh, that uh, not uh, what's the word, what is it, a vaccine. That vaccine happens and that uh, before long, we're all back together in person. Certainly want to thank all of you for joining us. Certainly would ask you to do the same when we release the Run ATL podcast. And in the meantime, We wish you nothing but the best of health. We thank you for journeying with us, as we always say, as we certainly mean, and as we know it means more than ever. May your best miles be those covered on